So yeah, man, without further ado, we are so stoked to have Forrest with us here today. It's Forrest Davis. He is uh, an East Coast kid coming in. He's a, um, a follower of Jesus first and foremost, and a uh, surfer, skateboarder, and barber, of all things, right? So we're going to have to get the input. What's what's the take on the beard and the mustaches as uh, coming from the bar- barber side of life? I was I was gonna definitely comment on it before you even said something. <laughs> I'm impressed, man. I, it's really impressive, uh, just the length of it and the fullness. Some guys try to grow their beards out and they don't have that fullness, so you're you're in there. And the hair is very very coiffed as well. So yeah, man. So so yeah. shameless plug for all barbers out there, including Forrest <laughs> right now. I could not do this beard or mustache if it wasn't for an incredible barber that I go to. So. Nice. Yes. If uh, if I ever try to trim any of this, it ends up getting shaved <laughs> off because I'll cut too much or I'll do something really funny. So um, all due to the barber. So check out your uh, local barber, not just your local supercuts. It's uh, yes, definitely yeah, barbers worthwhile. are essential. Yep, ab- are essential. absolutely, they are essential. So, <laughs> man, Forrest, we're we're pumped to have you here with us today, man. Glad you could do this on such short notice. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I mean, we're just. Man, we just want to hear about you. What's uh, tell us your story. Tell tell us where you came from, what you brought up, and and we'll dig okay. deep. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks so much for having me, and and thanks to Jake Kinney for calling me up last night. It it really worked out perfectly. So um, I got to interject yeah, man, real I, quick because I I don't think there's yeah. ever been a name that's more announced on this podcast than Jake Kinney. Jake Kinney. Um, every yeah, we're always giving shout, shout outs <laughs> to Jake. So. <laughs> Jake is the man for sure. Thanks for the hookup. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. You're great. Um, so yeah, my name is Forrest Davis. I'm 28 years old. I have been married for uh, seven and a half years. My wife's name is Esther. Um, I grew up on the East coast of North Carolina. So uh, for anybody who's never heard of that, uh, if you watch YouTube or you see surfing vlogs, then you probably heard of Brett Barley. I live about an hour north of him. So uh, the coast of Carolina is, you know, kind of like a triangle. We jut out pretty far into the ocean, so we get a lot of different swell. Um, but, yeah, I grew up there in a little town, a little fishing village called Wanchis. And um, and now I live in Kitty Hawk. It's just kind of the same area, but uh, but we're, we're about five minutes from the from the ocean. So the locals don't really live on the on the beach side. Uh, we, we don't got it like that. We, we rent those out for all the, the for all the tourists. But um, so, yeah, I grew up here. I grew up, you know, going to church. My grandmother took me a lot. My parents were also involved, grew up Methodist. And, um, man, I had a really soft spot for, for church. And I just felt draw there when I was a, when I was a young kid. Um, I didn't really know why, but, um, I did. And so, um, I think it was around 11 or 12 years old that I really understood the idea that Jesus died for me, that he paid the ultimate price and that, um, not only was I going to get a ticket to heaven, but I was going to have, I, I, I understood even, even to a small degree as a kid, that, that life on earth, that he would give us life abundantly, just like the scripture says. So, um, but I didn't really understand the the fullness of what a relationship looked like. And so, um, from like 12 to 18, it was a little rocky for me, um, I knew that going to church, reading your Bible, praying, all these things were necessary to the Christian life. I knew how to do the Christian life, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know the Christ like personally. And the reason why I say that is because whenever I messed up, I felt like I fell from grace. And so I didn't have an understanding of that, um, that 
the, that grace is a free gift of God and that we receive it by faith. And so I kind of like fumbled through those like six, seven years from 12 to 18, but I was still heavily involved in youth group. I was like drawn there, um, whether it was just like hanging out with friends or just like, it, it just felt like a safe place. And so um, when I was around 17 or 18, you know, I was the, I was the first child um, in my family. I have two younger brothers. They're awesome. Love them to death. Um, there's a bit of an age gap. I have a 21 year old brother and a 19 year old brother and I'm 28. So, um, they're, they're a bit younger, but we were, you know, we all grew up together. So anyway, when I was 17 or 18, I really felt convicted because I was starting to get into not even like hardcore party scene, but I was starting to find my identity, uh, with skateboarders and, you know, I've been doing that since I was six or seven. So I picked up a skateboard. I never looked back. I never played rec sports. I never played school sports. Once I started skateboarding, that was it. Like I knew that was the thing, whether I was going to be pro or not, I didn't matter. I just wanted to progress. And so I found myself hanging out with some skateboarders at the time. And, you know, they were partying and drinking a little bit. And I felt like, man, I just finally felt accepted. You know, I finally felt a group that I felt like I was like part of a, a clique because in school, I never had a clique. I was right. never, I was friends with everybody. I was pretty like in the middle, you know, I didn't want to like box myself in here or there or whatever. And there were some groups that obviously were, were a, a little bit more jerks than others. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have that in, in high school. So, so this but, is um, funny that, that you kind of bring this up. Cause, uh, I was talking with, uh, with Jamie Montero yesterday and we were talking about fitting in and, uh, I spent most of my life, um, wanting to be accepted in the in crowd, but wanting to stand out. So you knew I was different, uh, which mm-hmm. I, ultimately what it boils down to. And I think this is kind of interesting. You know, I come, don't come from the church background and for the listeners that don't, um, you know, Forrest, you're still like, you're, you've gone to youth group, you've been raised in the church, you have a heart for God, you're wanting to be there yet. You're still searching for something and you don't quite realize that it's already, it's, it's right in front of you. He's right there. The only thing you need Mm -hmm. to search for your true identity rests in the fact that you are a child of God, but you're still searching for something. And so many of us, so many listeners out there, I don't know who, you know, who's, who's listening to this, that knows somebody, whether they're 12 years old, 18 years old, or 35 years old, they might still be searching and, Maybe they need to hear the story. So quick interjection, just uh, push you back towards that. So yeah, searching for something. Yeah, totally. So like you said, it was, the Lord was right in front of me. He was behind me. He was beside me during those years, right? So around 17, 18, that's when I started to kind of feel like I was fitting into a a peer group of mine because we had skateboarding in common. And, uh, but I remember like, you know, my grandmother, she thought I was this perfect kid. She still probably does. Right. But she was like, Oh, he's the best. He's the sweetest. He's just this great kid. And the Lord started to convict me because of what my grandma thought of me. And I just felt like, I remember I was leaving, uh, you know, uh, the next day, like, uh, I was just leaving my friend's house and, and, uh, just feeling kind of gross, you know, and, uh, just feeling like, man, I feel like I'm running away from the Lord. I feel like I'm a fraud. And the Lord just started to convict me in a loving way, you know, because the Bible says that um, the discipline of the father, it, it proves his love. And so if we're not disciplined by God, then technically we, we would be illegitimate children. And so there was that fatherly discipline that I knew was like, it's like I needed that, you know. And um, 
and it wasn't like a booming voice from heaven. I just felt it in my spirit. Like, Hey, you're going the wrong way. There's a fork in the road here. Which way do you want to go? Because ultimately you can go either way, but my grace is still going to be sufficient, but you know that, you know, you you know that I'm the way. And so, um, what was it? Was that after a night of like partying? Basically, like you said, you left your friend's house and you just felt dirty. Was that like you guys were partying yeah, the night before? It, yeah, it wasn't even like it wasn't even like I was like super drunk or hungover. I just I think I probably had like a beer or two. Like I didn't even like alcohol. I think it was just that like in to be like, oh, I'm cool. I'm I'm with a group of people and we're doing this, you know. But I also felt you know ashamed because I I probably you know lied to my parents, you know, like they knew I was staying over with a friend, but there was just that like integrity piece of me. It was kind of all of it. You know, I was, I was running from the Lord. I was like lying to my parents. Um, my grandma thought I was this, this one person, but I was kind of living this other life yet. I was still so curious about Jesus and still so curious about what a life in Christ like looks like. And so, yeah, so I just kind of had that epiphany. Um, but it was building blocks, right? Because I think a couple months later after I graduated high school, the Lord had just kept like chipping away at me. And this point I was dating a girl um, and she, uh, she wanted to wait to have sex till marriage. And I was like, that's whack. <laughs> and, and because even though I grew up in the church, there was never like th- that idea of like sex being a gift from God and it being in the context of marriage was never in my paradigm. Yeah, like, it's ever. A, it's almost like, I, I think we're starting to talk about it more, but you know, obviously I didn't have the church background, but I still think it's something yeah. that like has been like, you don't talk about it, right? Like you don't say it because it's, it's, uh, it's talking about sex, but yeah. for the listeners, if I haven't said this before, you know, hopefully some younger ones listen to this, um, to hear your story. Um, anytime you're looking at a girl, whether you're, whether you're going to date her or you think she's cute or whatever it might be, especially if you're a Christian, remember that she is a child of God. And if you try to look at her the way God looks at her, which is with the most adoration of, of anything possible, if you try to remember that, that can help you to uh, kind of refocus that that energy and that thing. And I, I like how you said a minute ago that you're, you know, God's kind of saying, hey, you got two paths here. So it's almost like you were walking before this with one foot in the darkness mm-hmm. and one foot in the light and you're, you're kind of walking it like a tightrope deciding which way to go. So now tell me this girl didn't want to have sex and you're like, that's whack, which is, you know, obviously most men at 18 years old are yeah. like that and kudos to yeah. the ones who aren't. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. So, so I was like, man, you know, that's a bummer because all of our friends around us were, were having sex. And like, I thought that that was like, the 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 height of like a relationship i thought once you get there you know you've made it you know in some type of weird way you know because the world kind of it it's it says well if you're not having sex then you're a loser you know and so um god used that that woman in my life you know that girl at, at that point to really convict me about you know like everything my my body my mind my soul like all these things um, and so, you know, he used that. So a year into our relationship, I, I gave my life to the Lord. And then throughout our relationship, like he used, um, my girlfriend at the time to really convict me, um, about sexual purity, but also just like living for the Lord. And so 
Um, I kind of, I kind of just went along with it for her for the first year. But then the second year into our relationship, I was like, the Lord is like, he's, he's got my number. Like I'm living for him, not for her, but because of him, I can now like operate in this relationship a lot more healthy. And so, um, anyway, uh, I guess in that time period, he was, he was, he was speaking to me in a bunch of different ways about sex and about all these other things. And, and, you know, we, we had never had sex before. She was like my real first girlfriend. And, um, and I remember, uh, basically after youth group one night talking to my youth pastor and being like, man, you don't know me. I'm a fraud. Basically. Like I keep going to youth group. I keep going to church, you know, I, obviously like God's drawn me here, but I just feel like such a fake. And he just prayed with me that night. He had like a bunch of kids. He was supposed to take home after youth group that night. Anyway, fast forward a week after that, I'm driving to go surf. Um, it was in September and September on the outer banks, as some of the listeners may know, September, October, that's like the best run of swell that we normally have on the outer banks. I remember it was breaking like out past Jeanette's pier, which is a big concrete pier. The water was like aqua it was so clear and for the east coast that can be rare especially when there's a lot of swell in the water and i just remember it was this run of swell that was literally magical and i remember driving over this one bridge to get to where i was going to go surf and i just remember uh that week i started to open the bible and i started to read the gospels of matthew mark luke and john and i just god's words on the page lit up and for the first time in my life, I had felt like I really had security and peace with God. And I just felt him saying like, you're mine. You, you've done nothing good to deserve this, but because of what my son, Jesus Christ did on the cross, you are secure. And like for the first time, man, I understood grace. I understood, I understood that it was undeserved, unmerited, but it was the free gift of God. And that was just like, I started breaking down man, in my car. I just started crying and I just felt so loved so at home. And, and so, yeah, that was a really, really big turning point in my life. And from then on, that's been about 10 years ago, just the Lord has been my rock. And I've been just, I can't hammer it into, you know, kids and, and people my age enough that the word of God is so powerful. It's alive. And I didn't know the heart of the father until I actually read scripture. So, right. And that's what's, that's, what's so incredible about it too. Like you can, um, you know, read scripture and like, you might read it one time and, and get the context of it. And another time, like it, it, it jumps out of you differently, right? Totally. Like it's God gives you exactly what you need through it. So, so man, so the 28 years old now, so essentially that's about 10 years ago now. And mm-hmm. that made all the difference. So shortly after that, you got married cause you said you've been married about seven and a half years, right? Yeah. So fast forward, I, I knew, let me, let me actually take you back for to, when I was 11 years old, my dad asked me in the car one day, he said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Okay. So it's a cliche question, right? Like, yeah. you know, what do you, what do you want to be? Who do you it, more, more like, who do you want to be? And I said, I just kind of blabbed it out. I said, I want to be a preacher. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from. Right. But that was 11 years old. That was around the time that I, that I really knew that Jesus was my savior. Right. So Fast forward seven, eight years more, um, when I started really giving my life to Christ, my, my girlfriend after two years dumped me. I was heartbroken, right? But I started drawing closer and closer to the Lord. My, my relationship was becoming more intimate anyway, but then after I, I got straight up broken up with, I was so bummed. 
And so who, who else could I cling to Jesus? Right. And so, um, I felt the call around that time to go to ministry school. So I went to a small Bible college in uh, central North Carolina. It's called Wentz, uh, it was called Bridges Christian College. It was through an assembly of God church. It was in the middle of North Carolina. Um, as soon as I got there, I was just like, you know, I'm not looking for a wife. I'm here to do ministry. I'm here to get equipped. You know, there were some pretty girls there, but they didn't really like, I, they didn't really fit like my idea of like, uh, maybe a future wife. And I know there's like a joke within Christian communities or Christian schools, like ring before spring. But for me, that was not the goal. However, a girl I grew up with who was kind of like in my radar, but not, she was dating somebody when I was dating that other girl. And, um, and, and so I ended up texting her after about a, a semester after I got to school. Um, and I was like, Hey, hope you're doing well. Hope you and your boyfriend are doing well. Like, you know, I thought they were for sure getting married because they had been together for a long time. Um, and I, and the text was basically, hey, happy late birthday. I'm thinking about you. Hope you're doing well. Literally was not a, a gesture of like romance at all. She's like, hey, um, doing good. Just moved out to Nashville, Tennessee, going to hair school out there. My brother lives out there. Um, there's no waves here. So that kind of stinks. She surfs as well. And um, but uh, she's like, yeah, we actually broke up. And I was like, Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. (laughs) Like I legit thought they were still together. And, uh, so literally we really never stopped talking after that. And she grew up, uh, in a Christian home was super solid, like love the Lord. Just, just never really had like any type of Rocky past, you know? And so, um, her, her name is literally Esther faith. Like her, her first name is Esther. Her middle name is faith. And now she has my last name Davis. So, um, we started dating when I was 19 um, we got married my senior year of college and then, um, and I was 21 and then, uh, I finished my, my senior year up. And so literally, yeah, uh, we've been married for seven and a half years and it'll be eight years this September. So yep, I keep telling everybody that, um, if you, if, if obviously my wife and our story is a little bit backwards from, from most everybody else's, but, um, <laughs> which is all good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all part of God's plan. So, but if, yeah, if you totally. chase after Jesus with all of your heart, if that's what you're chasing after, instead of chasing the girls, like he will bring you the perfect girl. Like he will. Dude, he, he gave will, me, yeah, he gave me that. She was a gift. Like I was not looking for her. Like it was yep. totally, I wouldn't say random. He had it in the plan, but yeah. Yep. No, but that's how it works out. Like I love how like you, you send a random text for whatever reason. Um, you know, every, everything for a reason, right? Nothing's by chance yeah. at this point. But And that for girls too. For sure. if, you, if you chase after Jesus first and realize that he's really the only man you need in your life um, and start praying now, if you're at a young age, pray now for your spouse. Pray that God will will bring that perfect one. Start praying now. And, and any parents out there that might be listening too, start praying for your children's future husband or wife, man, it can make a huge difference. So, so yeah, yeah so you get married huge. to Esther. Mm-hmm. Tell us more. You guys have any kids? What's the, what's the plan? What's going down? Yeah. <laughs> so currently, um, well, so after, after Bible college, um, I, I, she had been serving in the same church since, um, since she was like 15 or 16 when she really just got involved and started serving. So after, we got married. We, we'd already, well, we had, we'd moved back the summer before we got married. And then we moved in together after we got married. And, um, I had a, a chance to just intern at the church that we'd both been going to. And, um, and then that turned into just like a small part-time job. Uh, so I became the youth pastor there. 
um, and just built a relationship with uh, my pastor. And, um, and then we eventually started a skateboard ministry called Pizza and Jesus. And it sounds really simple and kind of a silly name, but um, I thought it had to be this big thing. And I had to have a 501c3 and all these things. And my pastor was like, let's just buy some crappy pizza and go to the skate park. And I was like, oh, it's that simple? And so that's what I did. Um, and we both went there. I had a lot of support by him and a lot of the parents, but we literally would skate with the kids for 30 minutes. We would go to the pavilion and I would, I would try to invite everybody at the skate park, not just the kids that were involved. And, um, and this was every Tuesday for like the next three years. And we would open up in prayer, they would eat pizza and I would share like a gospel story and just try to share the gospel. And, um, so that, that went on for about three years, like every week. Um, weather depending. And then I ended up stepping off a of staff. My wife and I um, had the opportunity to buy a uh, purchase a salon two years into our marriage, which I would not recommend a couple going into business after a year or two into marriage. But the Lord had this for us. Um, it was quite scary, to be honest. And um, so anyway, we're five and a half years into to the business now. Uh, we have about seven or eight employees. And since we took over, I knew that like barbering was something that I, you know, it's, it's funny because it's like, it's not where I thought the Lord would have me. Like I thought, you know, since I went to ministry school, like it just makes sense to work at a church, but we all know that God is way bigger than that. And working at a church can be awesome. And that's a lot of that. That's, um, that's one way that we can, we can serve in the kingdom and, and, and do that. But I knew that, you know, he's so big, man. He has so many opportunities for us to be in action sports or, a church or a, a nonprofit, like whatever it is, he, he's, he's way bigger than the box that we sometimes put him in and put ourselves in. And so um, I'm still super involved at church today. Like I'm preaching this Sunday on Luke 19 and I'm on rotation, like, but I'm not on staff, but it's just so cool how God has just continued to like honor the small little things that we do, even though we're broken and we're messed up and we blow it. <laughs> like he can still use us because he's just like, you, 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 I mean, what does John 15 say? You are nothing without me. Like apart from Jesus, you can do nothing, but with Jesus, we can serve him. We can serve people. And it, it, yeah, at the end of the day, it's really all about him. So it really is all about him. And that's the other thing too. I mean, we're all called, right? I mean, just, just yeah. because you don't have the the daily title of pastor at the church and working totally. within the walls of the church doesn't mean that you're not called for a purpose and you're not supposed to, to, you know, spread the great commission. I mean, that's, Absolutely. That's what we're all called to do. So with that, I love that because your your ministry is your is your barber chair. I mean, you have an opportunity to pour into people that might never set foot in the church. Yeah. And that's it's an thing. end for sure. Yeah. It's definitely an end. And then through the community, I'm sure as you're skateboarding and surfing and everything else, like you're representing Christ. So that's uh you know, once again, all the listeners out there that, you know, don't know what your calling is or don't know how you're supposed to do this, but we're all called. So share this podcast, share the story, share the gospel, share a Bible, share a verse, share, 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 and spread the word. So, yeah. And I want to share a verse with you guys too, just like the listeners and and to you, Nick and Ben, um, a a friend of, a friend of mine, when we, when we first started really reading the, the scripture, we tried to read through all the gospels together. So I had somebody to go through it with me. Um, but there was this verse in Colossians that really resonated with me as I was, uh, as I was just really starting this, this thing off with the Lord. And 
It's in Colossians uh, chapter three, verse three. And it says, for you died to this life. Some other translations say, for you've died to your old life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And so our identity is in Christ. And apart from that, we have nothing. And so I just knew that fork in the road kind of conversation we were talking about earlier. I just knew like I could go one way or I could go another. And that doesn't make me a better person than anybody else, but I received a free gift of salvation. And I, I've been, this is kind of where I'm at in scripture right now, but, and it's because I'm preaching on it, but in Luke 19, there's this guy's name is Zacchaeus and he's a tax collector and he's really hated. And the reason why is because he's, he was a Jewish man, but he turned on his people and worked for the Romans to collect taxes. And so obviously his people are going to be bummed that they felt betrayed that he was collecting taxes and taking some off the top. And the scripture says that he was a shorter guy. He was a shorter man. And so he, he got up in a, a sycamore fig tree and because he wanted to see Jesus and there was a bunch of people. Um, so he couldn't see over the crowd. So he gets in this tree and as Jesus is passing by, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down. I must be a guest at your home today. And Zacchaeus comes down and it's almost like literally from the limb to the ground, he had a change of heart. And he's like, Lord, whatever I've done to screw these people over, I'm going to give them back half of my goods. I'm going to pay them back fourfold. And Jesus is like, today is the day for salvation for you. Salvation has come to this home. And so if you, if you understand grace, you will see that I am Zacchaeus. Nick is Zacchaeus. The, you listening, you are Zacchaeus. It was nothing that Zacchaeus did to earn salvation. It was just that Jesus invited him into his, he invited him into Zacchaeus's home. So Jesus is saying, will you take me and let me come into your house today? Will you let me dine with you today? And that's the gospel. This is the good news that Jesus wants to come in and live with you and I, and not just for eternity, but here on earth to make disciples, to share the father's heart. And I, and it so bums me out when people misunderstand the, the fathering heart of God because he made the first move. So that's what I got. <laughs> no. And that's, and that's so important, right? It's, it's uh you know, and in that Zacchaeus thought that it was about his works that he could do. He thought that he could be part of it by giving back his things and that would accept him into it. But Jesus is just, I mean, it was a revelation said, you know, knock and, and I'll enter and have, you know, basically sit at the table with you. I'm so bad at quoting verses. So don't yeah. ever, don't ever try to get me to tell you what number it is. I just know it's in, uh, it's somewhere in revelations and <laughs> I read it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? It's not, we are, we are saved by grace. We are not yeah. saved by works. There's nothing that we can do. We're all sinners. We were born into sin and we'll continue to sin. Um, but if we ask, you know, he's right there with us. Absolutely, awesome. man. And, and the byproduct of the grace and the byproduct of the faith is works. You know, it's like the fruit of the spirit. If we're living in community with God, then the outpouring of our life is going to be peace, patience, kindness, you know, gentleness, all those things. Yep. And so, um, I mean, I, I just want to say to anybody listening, like you may go to church, you may read your Bible, you may pray, you may do all these right things. But if you don't know Jesus, um, then all those things are kind of worthless. And so we've got to know the Christ. And from there, we'll have true peace and we'll know our identity. 
Um, I said this analogy the other day uh, to the, the kids at youth group. Um, I said, if you dissect a frog and you know everything a, a, uh, inside the frog, if you know the organs, the muscles, the bones, all these things, but at the end of your study, you never really got to know the frog personally. Obviously, one, he's dead. Number two, um, it, you just you know about the frog. You don't know the frog. And so in the same way, I knew everything about the Christian life, but I didn't know Jesus. Or so I claimed to think I thought everything, uh, knew everything about the Christian life, but I didn't know the heart of God for me. I didn't know that I was saved by grace and it is a gift of God. It's nothing I've earned, but it's what he did on the cross, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It, I, get to, I get to receive that gift. And because I'm not perfect, I get to know Jesus. People understand, or some people think that, well, you're a Christian and you're perfect. Or, you know, those Christians think they're perfect. The opposite is true. And you and I both know that. We are Christians because we are broken and messed up. We need God to rescue us from ourselves. And so that's what I want people to know, you know, in any type of um, environment that they're in, whether it's action sports or, you know, you're a kid in middle school, like to know your identity in Christ is everything. You can literally be shipwrecked and be satisfied knowing that you have life in Christ. Yeah, 100%. And that's, and that's the biggest thing like we said in the beginning you know everybody's searching for something you know what are you yeah. chasing after what are you searching for um chase after jesus recognize that you're a yeah. child of the one true king so and you've said so many points here that people can take home but if, if there's one thing as we kind of near the end here like one thing that's really on your heart that you just want everybody to grab a hold of what what would that be yeah i would just say you're never too far from God, even if you think you have blown it so many times, the Lord is, he's, he's got your number. He's running after you. Um, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you've never accepted Christ in your heart, I would invite you to do that. Uh, it was the best decision I've ever made years ago and I'm not looking back. And so, yeah, the heart of God is for you. The heart of God is not against you. He is for you. He made the first move. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the truth. That's the scripture. If you read, if you read the Bible, you're going to see that all through scripture. He's such a faithful God and um, life sucks. Life can be tough. It can be depressing. It can be gnarly. It can, it can grind you down. But um, if we have Jesus, we're winning. You know, we have the Lord God on our side. He fights our battles. We, we've already really won. So yeah. no matter how tough that stuff gets, right. It's, it's a, uh... You talked about the fruit of the spirit earlier, right? Like if if mm -hmm. we have Christ in us, the fruits that will bear the works that we are able to put back out there will be good works, right? Yeah. Whatever you put in, you'll also put out. If you fill yourself with Jesus, if you fill yourself with worship, if you fill yourself with the word, Absolutely. you will then be able to put out equally as good of things, right? But if yeah. you fill yourself Absolutely. with the negative, you fill yourself with the world, that's what you're going to put out. So... Man, yeah, man, such a great stuff today. We're just honored to have you here with us. Um, how can listeners be able to get a hold of you, like your social media stuff? How how can they follow Forrest? Yeah, and um, this guy right you here. Can, uh, do you see my dog? Sorry, yeah, yeah he's no. he's. Uh, so I don't have kids to answer your question. Um, yeah, we, maybe, hopefully in the future. But I have two golden retrievers, and they're they're pretty much like kids. But um, yeah. They don't. <laughs> Um, so my Instagram is at I am Forrest Davis. That's my personal page. 
you know, uh, kind of like Jake, I listened to Jake's episode recently. Obviously, social media can be silly at times, but it can also be a tool. And mm-hmm. I think it also keeps believers accountable because if you're, if you're like preaching Jesus and you're sharing the love of God, then people kind of know like what you're about. And so I think it can kind of keep us accountable too. Um, and so anyway, yeah, so you can connect with me on there. It's at I am Forrest Davis. It's only one R, not two. Um, and then if you want to see some decent haircuts, I'm still a student. I'm not a licensed barber yet, but um, I have an account called at the salty barber. And so, uh, yeah, man, you know, you guys send me a DM or, um, you know, you'll see some uh, some ministry stuff that we do on there. Uh, I hung out with Judd recently, um, did an event with us, uh, Judd Healed um, on the Outer Banks. And uh, he just built my friends a ramp right down the road a couple of weeks ago and and so, you know, it's just a great way to engage with people that are far away. So, yeah, another another great man of God. Hey, how about Eric uh, Jastrzemski? Yeah, do you know Eric? Yeah, I met him up at Camp Royal this last summer. No way. Okay, so yeah. he's he's who Judd built the ramp for, and okay. his kids have been going to Pizza and Jesus since they were groms. Yeah, um, the the outreach ministry. So I'm hoping to go to Royal this this summer and help serve too. So. Yeah, for sure, man. Hopefully we'll see yeah. you up there before. Thank you so much for being awesome, with us. Man. I hope you have an, an amazing day at, we, at work. And uh, just God bless you, brother. Appreciate you. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Awesome. Signing out, everybody. Remember to share this podcast and uh, with whoever who needs to hear it. Subscribe to our channels, uh, fastlifeministries.com, to give to support this ministry. And uh, God bless everybody. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to Faith in the Fast Life, brought to you by Fast Life Ministries. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to rate, like, and follow our podcast page so you can be the first to see new episodes every Wednesday. If there's someone who came to mind during the podcast, please send this to them. People like you sharing the show really helps us to get God's message out to a wider audience. Visit FastLifeMinistries.com to give to our podcast and keep us running. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.